Hey, my name is Alex, and you're listening to a special episode of Lunchbox Radio, because I'm here with Slate, who is a very dedicated listener, always calls me when I fuck up. Um, Slate, God. introduce yourself. What is up, guys? My name is Slate D. Biggs. I contribute to a channel that I'm running on YouTube currently called Anime MCF. I was going by Mongolian Chop Squad from, you know, Beck Mongolian Chop Squad. But I don't really think that's as memorable and approachable. People are going to be like, what the heck is this? So I changed the name to kind of tell you more about what we're doing. So, Slate, before we get into what we're talking about today... How did you come to anime? Because I, I, I know we're on a different timetable because you're like, I'm central time today when we were setting this up. So, like, where did you get the DVDs? How did you get an anime? All that stuff. All right. So I grew up in a small town in Missouri called Mexico because everyone that lives in Missouri wants to be somewhere else in the world. So they named their towns Florida, Cuba, Mexico. You guys are the ones who did that? You guys are the ones like, there's a Brazil in America? <laughs> Pretty much. Okay. So yeah, my fair. town doesn't have anything. I grew up with a Walmart and I had cable TV. I started off watching Japanese stuff. I didn't even know it was Japanese stuff at the time. And it's like Power Rangers, Pokemon, Digimon. I saw Dragon Ball Z when it premiered, uh, when it was being made by Ocean. Yeah. Uh, I, that was like 1998. So I was four then. So my first shows, my first like love of media was anime. And I stuck with it. Um, as far as like buying anime, I had to drive. Uh, my parents had to go like 40 minutes to another town. It's a college town here called columbia and okay. they had a fye in the mall if you remember yeah, that, that yeah yeah <laughs> and uh you know of course you had target and hot topic and there was some like old cd stores that sold anime and stuff so that's how i got my hands on like i had uh yu yu Hakusho vhs tapes so like there's just a there was a couple of Yu Yu Hakusho like episode blocks that I watched over and over again because I didn't really have much else to do when I was a kid. I um I had VHS tapes up until I went up until my first year in college when I pawned them all off on my friend Lauren. Hi Lauren, and I don't know what happened to them after that, but. I do have a Yu Yu Hakusho trading card somewhere around here. Oh, man, I forgot they did those. Yeah, right? I, like, was cleaning up one day. I'm like, shit, really? Oh, yeah. I think I lost the rest of the pack. Oh, well. Stuff in a drawer. That's funny. So, I assume you, in the intro, are already going to tell everyone what we're talking about. But, you know, just off the last couple things we said, it yeah. is going to Yu 
like to tell you, please take care of yourself. Then with tear-stained eyes, I sadly said goodbye as I waved and wished you farewell. Then I think of how, how much longer I must wait. I look inside myself and feel something new. I want to stop and grow up again. It's all because I'm feeling sad and then I cry. I don't know why. The courage that I need, the power to succeed, gives me the strength to fly. It's all because of when I see my friends, oh my. Every time they're always behind me, pushing me home, lighting the fire. Yes, we we are so we're, yes, we we are so we're going to talk about Yu Hawk show. Um Slate said before we started, I don't give a shit about spoilers. So if you haven't seen this whole show, which for once I don't blame you because it's old and long as shit. <laughs> no, it's so good. It's got a legacy though. It's totally got a legacy. Got to watch it. It is one of the best dubs ever created by man. Oh yeah, dub for sure. Like I, that that intro song, Smile Bomb, it's unskippable. Also, I will be severely disappointed if it comes on and it's uh the Japanese version. I'm sorry. Oh. I just I, <laughs> I love it that much. So we are going to spoil the shit out of this. We're gonna talk about everything. But but let's let's start actually with the dub because with with the, the way the dub is because it kind of it does what most dubs don't and it's like what is this show trying not what are they acting this show as but what is this show trying to be and how do we do that while still keeping the plot and not having the what I like to refer to as jelly donut effect happen which is when you look at a rice ball and you say kids are dumb we can't tell them the rice ball we don't have the (laughs) we don't have the time block to explain rice balls i don't know if that's a dub problem in general i think that's a four kids problem (laughs) so (laughs) i'm gonna ask a weird offbeat question how much do you know about dubbing in the 90s uh, so basically, they would try to buy one show that they wanted, but Japan wanted to expand their market, so they would sell shows in packages. So the reason why Four yes. Kids got a hold of something like One Piece is because it came in a package. And other than that, there are small companies here and there, like uh, mentioned earlier, Ocean, based out of Canada, that got a hold of Dragon Ball Z. 
And other than that, there wasn't a huge market for it, but it was there. Um, I feel like it really started to take off when Funimation hit their stride. Yeah. But in the 90s, we didn't really have much. That's why we didn't get Yu Yu Hakusho uh, until 2002, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, It ran initially on Toonami, and you just... You had to catch it on Toonami, and I think Cartoon Network realized... Excuse me. I think Cartoon Network realized that this is not a good fit for the Toonami block. It's a little more mature than we anticipated. Like, so, you can only like, get past maybe... You can only get past maybe the first episode before you before Yusuke is such an unbelievable dick that you can't, like... You, like he's not suitable for children anymore. <laughs> the but, first episode is so heavy too. Like, how do you not look at the show overall? Like, did they even watch it? <laughs> I mean, that's what I gotta think about One Piece too, though. With four kids, like, uh, did they just not know what they were getting into? They should have gave it off to someone else in the first place. They probably spent more money trying to make everything kid friendly. They probably didn't make anything off well, One Piece. So, the reason why, like, the jelly donut thing happens is because you have people who are way too old to be making the decision. Making the decision that, like, viewers need to see something or, like, need to un- need to be explained to or can't be explained to or are too dumb or don't care. Another great example of this is the cousins from Sailor Moon who are actually in a romantic relationship, but they're like, hey, what if we just made them cousins because we're assholes? <laughs> or, or like in most modern day anime, they can be in a romantic relationship and just be siblings. It's cool. <laughs> it's whatever. That, that, that's very true. But so, which the so just to be clear for a little context as to how it works now, what actually happens now is Japan has a stereotype of a kind a kind of stereotype of gay people that is not okay here. Yeah, like uh, like, like for example, there's um, you've seen One Punch Man, right? Yeah, Puri Puri Prisoner. He is basically everyone is convinced the sole reason that show had not like broken out into the wild like a crazy person because Puri Puri Prisoner. Like pe- people look at people look at the show and they're like, "This is awesome," but also, why the super molester? Why is he here? What? I like Pootie Pootie Prisoner. I, I, I think he's great, but, but I, you know what? I can feel a network executive being like, whoa, that feels like a letter-writing campaign. You can put down the show for Pootie Pootie Prisoner, but you stay for Moo Man Rider. That's true. That's just um, the way it is. Another good example is, uh, what's his face? Um... I forget, but it doesn't really matter, but so, what Yu Yu Hakusho does is it's like, what if 
what if we didn't try and what if we played this totally straight? What if we made all the characters really like moron punk ass? Are they middle schoolers? I think they're middle school, right? Yeah. Um, I want to say Yusuke's fourteen or fifteen. I think I think he's fourteen at the beginning of the show. I think he's maybe sixteen by the end of it. Yeah, because sure. a lot of time passes. They don't give you a good clock. You got to kind of really go in and figure out. Okay, he was he was dead for this long. Uh, there's this much time between yeah. when he goes and finds Genkai. Um, he trained with her for this long. You I know? think he trained with her for like an entire summer or something. Um, I, I want to say six months, but that uh, might yeah, be too it, long. It, it might. I'm not sure. That show, that show doesn't have a great sense of time for lots of reasons. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I mean, I refreshed myself on it a little bit, but you only had a couple days. It, I'm not a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> oh no, I didn't even watch any of it. I just I remember it. Okay, and that's fair. Um, I watched like five or because every time I try and get someone into it, I'm like, man, you really need to watch this. It's awesome. And then I end up just sitting down and watching it all with him. That's fair. So it's happened like six times, probably. But yeah, that's how I remember it. And uh, so Yu Yu Hakusho, it's very different as far as a lot of shonen series go. Um, as the narrator states in the first episode, Yusuke dies. He's dead, I think is what he says. I think it's like, but curiously enough, our main character, he's dead. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But, so, and kind of the, the thing that if, you, if you're listening to this and you have a friend who really likes Yu Yu Hakusho, but you've only seen a couple episodes and you think it's kind of cool, but you haven't like sat down to watch the whole thing. Um, one of the things that attracts people to it is that the characters have a personality that's distinctly not like an anime personality. Like they say things that aren't like they say things that aren't supposed to be that aren't like traditional anime things. Um, another show that did this a lot more recently is um, there was a like I can't believe my girlfriend is a co-gal or something, <laughs> and that that was already like a weird offbeat manga, but when they adapted it, instead of like adapting when they adapted it to anime and then dubbed it, instead of just dubbing it, they, like, went super hard on, like, internet references and, like, memes and weird shit and, like, made the show weirdly entertaining because I remember it was one episode where the, like, next time on thing had one of the side characters just using the word cuck and I was like 
I oh really? I, I I hopped on Twitter. I'm like, I feel so bad for the voice actor who had to say the word cuck into a microphone <laughs> professionally. <laughs> professionally he got paid for money, and then he got paid for it though. Another voice actor on the show is like, yeah, I feel bad for him too, actually. <laughs> In the comments of the tweet. And, like, Yu Yu Hakusho has, was, like, written, wasn't written like they're translating each line individually. It was written like they were translating it all fluidly. And they're like, okay, we need to give Yusuke a voice. They need to have specific a specific voice and personality that's always constant. We need to give Kuwabara a voice and personality that's always constant. And so they, you... like, come up with rules, and it makes it all mesh together way way better. Kuwabara's voice is... It's so distinct, and... I don't think it's something that they've replicated for any like single character since. Like I can't think of a a dub voice that I just couldn't do without. Like that doesn't happen too often, but Kuwabara is one. I believe that was Chris Sabat. The, I I, I was think, it? yeah, I think it is. Yeah, actually. And uh, Yusuke is Justin Cook, definitely. I didn't know and, that, but uh, Justin does a great job on Yusuke. Oh, he does. Um, I so I would love to get one of them. If Christopher Sabat, if you're listening, I'd love to ask you how much you got to ad lib. If they were just like, okay, here's the script, but basically you need to get hit this point, this point, and this point. We don't care how the hell you get there. Just go because. They say, like, the dumbest, most smart-aleck bullshit for that entire I, thing. I feel like they would have ab-libbed for the the bickering between Hiei and Kuwabara. Oh, yeah, totally. But a lot, of, a lot of it probably was just close to what they wrote for the script. Yeah. Because I believe that they translated it pretty close to what it was originally in Japanese. Because I have most of the manga. I don't have the last five volumes. But, you know, the the personality of all the characters is pretty true to what they are in the original form anyway. And oh, yeah. that's another thing that I find really, really appealing about the show is that there are kind of stereotypes here and there. But understand... This was written in like 1990, 1991. They made the stereotypes. You can't fault Yu Yu Hakusho for something like that because they're the ones that everyone was copying. And like Hiei is the original. Sasuke is the copy, most likely not the other way around. Yeah. And then, you know, because of characters like Hiei and Sasuke, you get you know from Black Clover, which is like Black Clover is like a weird mix of Bleach and Naruto. I feel like like Black how Clover big of a, a weird difference mix is of there? Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm not watching it. I've heard the manga. I've heard a lot of great things about the manga, but 
I just, I'm not going to get into reading it yet. I might if I really have nothing to do. <laughs> if, but I'm if, not watching like, it. I am truly bored. <laughs> the first three episodes covered one chapter. Yeah, That's worse than One Piece's anime. Oh, God. I, I have said this on this show before, and I will say it again, probably until the end of time, because that show will never fucking end. I watch Black Clover week to week because I am broken inside. <laughs> I heard the anime was picking up. Like, they, they got better at pacing, is what I hear. So... What I will say is that Black Clover, the anime itself, other than ostrich screaming and the creepy, like, what's the word? Um, sexual harassment. He visits on that nun. Yeah. Has never done anything explicitly wrong in the wrong way. But it never feels good to watch it happen. <laughs> like, like it, like. So, for example, in like Bleach, the moment when like Ichigo shows up and you hear the that number one song in the background, you're like, just part of you is like, your little brain is just like, yeah. This Man, the Bleach OST is so good. Bleach was undone by its own popularity, but like all the pieces of Bleach, for, for the fir- for the Rukia rescue arc, uh, up until the Rukia rescue arc, meaning the first two seasons, all of the pieces of Bleach are a fucking masterclass. Yeah, it it the anime was drugged down by the filler arcs. And that's the problem. Arc. It's yeah. not a filler episode. It's a whole arc. And that's why I really appreciate where anime has gone, where they do it seasonally now. Yep. It kind of sucks to wait like a year or two for the next season, but they adapt all original content. They're not like squeezing filler in to fill time. Like um, Yu Yu Hakusho doesn't really have filler episodes they kind of just run the story if anything the manga has filler chapters that the anime doesn't adapt but the anime adds a lot to what the manga does and that's what makes it a great anime is it takes the manga's content and it improves on it i've you know amazingly enough i have never read the manga for yu hakusho um but the so this is an interesting factoid. Uh, the manga for Yu Yu Hakusho is married to the manga for Sailor Moon. <laughs> I which, know. If you look at all of the characters in, and first off, I have to apologize for making this point a second time in the universe because me and Lauren tried to do a podcast in Yu Yu Hakusho, and the whole thing burned to the ground. <laughs> Like we got oh, to the yeah. end. So remember, I said I was going to test the recording before before yeah. we started. That's because, and I did it twice this time. Because when we did that episode, we got to the end of the episode, and it was gone. Like I hit stop, uh, 
and it never recorded anything. And I'm like staring at the stop button right now, like, don't you do anything. But So, uh, do you want to record that again? <laughs> no, I, I think, I think yeah, I'm good for now. We, we actually did that. Po- <laughs> that was a previous podcast, which I've since taken down. Um, and I've released a couple episodes here and there when I need like something to fill in. When I'm like, I don't have time for this. Here's an old episode of... Um, me and Lauren talking about something. But that was that was the nail in the coffin. Like we were like, a oh, fuck. We don't have the heart to do this anymore. <laughs> if it's gonna be like this, we just can't. We we've got shit to do. And then like I think maybe a half year later I started this podcast and I'm like, I'm just gonna do it by myself so if it fucks up it's on me and I don't feel like I've involved people in this somehow. Um, but, um, the point that I made there was really fascinating, the mangaka for Sailor Moon and, um, Yu Hakusho are in a relationship, because all the female characters in Yu Hakusho are, like, pissed off shoujo act, shoujo main characters. Who have to deal with everybody's bullshit? Um, like, yeah, everybody except for sweetheart Keiko. No, even Keiko. Even Keiko's like, "Fuck you, dude." Like, when he flips her skirt, yeah, she'll slap him. But yeah, that, like, she's not running around being a tune today. You like Kuwabara's sister is like a apathetic asshole badass. Yeah, she's a real. And Votan is just like really not into dealing with like people's bullshit in general. And she's just like, no, I'm going to be nice about it, but you're definitely wrong. <laughs> yeah. Which so, is- um, as we are saying, the series starts out with Yusuke dying. Yeah. What you get after that is. I'd still have to say to this day, probably my favorite part of the show is just seeing the characters interact in the small town world setting that they're in. Yusuke, like Yusuke going to his own wake on the first, I think it was the first episode. It's like, I've cried to that a good couple times. That that makes, yeah, I think that in the first episode. Because I remember Botan saying like, Think it, go to your wake. Why don't you go to your wake and tell me after? You it might change your mind. And he's like, "Yeah, I'll do whatever test you need to do. Just take me wherever the fuck I need to go, Botan." Yeah, he had no interest in coming back to life, and then he goes to his wake and he sees how his death has impacted the principal of his school, Mister Takanaka. He sees that his mom, whose name is Atsuko, is actually very like distraught and someone very unexpected shows up to his wake and that is his school rival kazuma kuwabara and kuwabara like you don't even really get a chance to think this guy's just a he's a meathead he you know what kind of worth does he have as a person i would describe him as I would describe him. I have described him before, weirdly as anime Bobby Flay. 
What? <laughs> I, I, I don't know why. Just something about like you know what it is. It it's it's the cheekbones, like the cheekbone structure yeah. is just like. So that that's just anime Bobby Flay with the pompadour, right? Like that's what this is. He's a. Uh... So I think Slam Dunk ran as a manga before Yu Yu Hakusho came out. Kuwabara to me just looks like the Hanamichi that didn't start playing basketball. Oh yeah, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. That's, <laughs> the the show for that was made in like the seventies. No, it was made in the eighties, and it's like a full hundred episodes long. Oh. I think Slam Dunk was in the '90s, maybe the anime. I think the manga started in the '80s. The, yeah, the manga started in the '80s, and the um, yeah, the anime was in the '90s, and it's it's like I think like '89 episodes long or something. Man, he's got a gang and everything too. And when you think about it, like the way that Kuwabara obsesses over Yukina really reminds me. Of the relationship between Hanamichi and uh, man, what's the girl's name? Uh, the team captain's little sister. I feel like uh, it starts with an H. Yeah, I, I I don't remember. Haruko. Okay, yeah. Because she's uh, he's always mad that she's like in love with Rukawa, and Rukawa is actually kind of just Hie that plays basketball. <laughs> now that I think about it. But like, I mean, they're all, yeah, they're all archetypes that are carried like through in some way, somehow, some shape or form constantly. But yeah, so what's your favorite? I know we were just talking about arcs and why they suck, but what's your favorite arc of Yu Yu Hakusho? The um, the transition from the ghost stuff to the spirit detective. I really love. I wish we would have gotten more of that for real. Just getting to see uh, Yusuke and Kuwabara and later on when Hiei and Karama join the group. Like yeah. just seeing them do stuff together and interact is my favorite part of the show. And that's why I don't think at any point they suffer from any pace issues. Well, well, because I just love the characters interacting. Similar to like Inuyasha. Like, there isn't anything particularly amazing about Inuyasha. It has a lot of episodes. I just love the chemistry between the main cast, and I could watch them walk around and fight the demon of the day all the time. Which, trust me, you can. There's enough episodes there for a 365-day run of that show all the time, every day. (laughs) Yeah. And it never ends, just like the rest of Rumiko Takahashi's stuff. I fucking nine hundred episodes of Ron on my skull. God damn it! <laughs> Show oh, never ends. Have you have you ever seen any appreciable amount of Ronma? I've seen a little bit of Ronma. I think I've seen a movie, but um, the so when when I hear Ronma one half, I automatically think of a fucking commercial that ran in the Pokemon VHS tapes. At like the end of it, I think it was for the. I, I think it was an advertisement for the movie. Oh, you would have seen because I think I saw it. Um, you had have seen. 
It's got a it's got a jamming song on that commercial, uh, it, man. You would have seen the song for the um trailer for Nihao My Concubine, I think. I'm not even gonna try and like do the melody of the song. <laughs> well but so <laughs> trying to steer us back to you Hakucho. So your favorite part of the show is the character interacting, right? Yeah, and for that reason, I would have to say either I don't know if you'd say it's the like the ghost stories arc or the spirit detective arc, like everything. I guess you'd say it's like everything running up until when they're about to go to the dark tournament. Yeah, might be my favorite part of Yu Yu Hakusho, but the the deepness and the way that the characters are written or wrote whatever. Yeah. And uh the chapter black saga with Sensui, it just Yeah. Oh man. A lot of people right off the bat are gonna say the dark tournament is the best part of Yu Yu Hockey Show. And I love the Dark disagree. Tournament. Agree. I love it. <laughs> I love everything. But I I I so here's in the way that you wish you got more of like them just hanging out, I wish you got more like off daytime at the dark tournament. I'm not talking about like Kuabara gets transported to the wrong arena for the ninetieth time. I'm talking that's about <laughs> I'm talking about like good, when they're trip. hanging out in that hotel they're not allowed to leave because demons will try to fuck them up. I, I like the, just little personal touches in that show that are there to make, and I don't know if they're as prevalent in the manga, but they're clearly there to give the characters, like, a chance to be, like, full people instead of, like, um... And it doesn't come off as, like, a comedy routine. Like, in Dragon Ball Z, one of the most infamous episodes is when Piccolo and Goku get a driver's license. One of them. That's funny that that's like one of the few filler episodes. Yeah, but the thing is, is that that is there for basically comic relief. It is a western style zany comedy episode in a traditional shonen anime. Yeah, what? man, you can, you can get some good cracks out of Yu Yu Hakusho, but it's not intended to just like. It's not intent that like the humor but falls alongside funny. everything. The um the thing with Yu Hawk show is the fill the stuff that feels that feels like it's not driving everything forward. It's just like the characters hanging out, Keiko and Yusuke talking, you know them having room service like they focus a lot in the dark tournament on the female characters like Botan and Keiko hang out in a hotel room with um Atsuko which I think is uh what's the name of Kuwabara's sister Shizuru with uh, Shizuru Atsuko is Yusuke's Atsuko mother. is Yusuke's mother and Sorry. man with Shizuru you get like some great moments between her and Sakio which yeah. are like they're on different teams, all right? They shouldn't be hanging out, but, like, they kind of form a bond. And I 
I get it. I understand why Keiko and Yusuke love each other and like fall in love. But I wish that their relationship was a little more fleshed out overall. And that's why I wanted to see more of like, you know, I wanted to see more of the characters interacting. Have you seen the Omakes? I don't think so. I didn't know they existed for, like, years until, like, three years ago. I was like, there's more of this? What's happened? And I went and found them. I Um, saw the two manga chapters that they adapted into episodes that they released last year. Oh, I still need to see those. It's pretty um, good. One of them is supposed to be, like, an actual ending to the series. Yeah, okay, gotcha. And um, another one is you get um, how Karama and Hiei actually met. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty kind, nice. They kind of gloss over that in the show. But so the Omics, because Yu Hawk show, the reason why it is so long is because it wasn't planned to be that. It was that long because it was so popular. So what they did was oh, they made oh, these. Yeah. What? I was I was just agreeing and saying, yeah, I mean, that's just kind of what Shonen Jump will do to a lot yeah. of series blow up. Like, um, Akira Toriyama wanted to be done with Dragon Ball at Frieza. Was it was it he Frieza was totally or Cell? Right. Was it did he want to be done at Cell or Frieza? I from what I remember, it was Frieza, and then. Cell was like, okay, I'll keep going. Oh, Cell was the, okay, I'll keep going. And Cell was, no, fuck you, I'm out. (laughs) Boo Saga, you can really tell that, like, he kind of gave up in a lot of ways. Like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. Gohan built to be like, Gohan has built up the whole series, and he's just such a letdown at the end, man. (laughs) But, um, so, what they did with Yu Show is after the show was done, um, because the, the manga author for Yu Show is the same manga author for Hunter Hunter, and that Hunter manga Hunter, that manga author, I forget. Do you remember his name? Yoshihiro, Yo, or is it Yoshihiro? Tagashi. Either way, it's it, Yoshihiro Tagashi. Tagashi is in at this point. Famously bad health. So he takes yeah. like decades off. <laughs> slash just stops doing shit. It's pretty rare that you get Hunter Hunter chapters. I mean, he's he's basically down to releasing one volume a year, which is serviceable. I feel like Berserk's uh illustrator took takes longer breaks. That that would <laughs> that would jive with what I've heard about Berserk as well, but <laughs> like so like they want to even then they want if they were going to capitalize on something they wanted to really capitalize on it, so they made these omakes that are fairly limited animation, and it's about specifically Yusuke and Keiko. After Keiko graduates college. Oh, like and after he comes back and they run into him on the beach? Um, yes, but even... Like, fa- like after that timeline? Like, even farther after that. Like, 
so far that Keiko's graduated college and she has an adult life and Yusuke is still a punk, but he runs a street ramen stand and the way they keep their relationship going is she goes every night to eat at that ramen stand <laughs> to like the like ire and confusion of all of her work friends who are like why are you so interested in this at all? Ramen stand. Yeah. He's like one of the most powerful beings. Y- in yeah. The, in, in well, so the, the way the way that they put it in the show is that after the demon tournament arc, the last arc of the show, uh I think that's referred to as Three Kings. Oh, the arc. Three Kings um, arc? Yeah, because it was between really Ryzen... They don't have anything for him to do. So he... And also, they raised the point that, like, yo, dude, like, it's cool that you're a demon god or whatever, but you don't have a That's job. That makes money. What? Yeah, I... I said, yeah, but uh, how does being a ultimate fighter uh, gonna make you money? I mean, yeah. I guess he can just enter like some fighting tournaments. He could be a professional fighter. I think he'd make a lot more money than uh, running a ramen stand. Which that's a weird career choice because I've never seen Yusuke talk or obsess about food. Well, th- so. I think the only time you actually see him in a restaurant is immediately when he comes back to life and he's walking around with glasses and his hair is longer. Yeah. The the thing about the thing about this show is it wants it wants to have its like treatment of its main character a little bit of both ways. Like it it wants to say you know do you, even if the rest of society doesn't get it, do you, we don't care, like, it doesn't matter if you're a punk kid or whatever, but you can still have an exciting life, but at the end of the day, there's a price for that, and in Yusuke's case, because he is, his job, quote-unquote, growing up to that point was to be the spirit detective, the timeline that I read, I think, on Wikipedia said that after the Three Kings arc, Kuinma doesn't have any work for him anymore? Or has, like, gopher jobs for him. Like, hey, I need to pay for work from the other side of the galaxy. Can you go grab that and come back? And that takes him, like, a couple days. Yeah. But that stuff is still important and he needs to do it. But that also means he can't have a real-world job. So ramen stand. <laughs> so, um, uh... But it, I, if you've never seen those, I think they're on YouTube. You can go look them up. They are, like, fascinating. <laughs> because I want to check are, it out. It sounds like a cash grab to me. It, it probably uh, totally was. But they're also, like, way more depressing because it's like... This guy, like you said, this guy's demon Jesus or something. <laughs> the show's depressing the whole way through. Well, yeah, but like it's like 
it always has this suspension of disbelief. Like, you're like, yeah, I don't care if he's a high school student and never goes to school and will never do anything with his life. He just punched that guy so hard in the face, he flew across the room. The show's definitely, like, a downer from the get-go, because this 14-year-old dies, and he's cool with it. <laughs> he's not like, oh, I want my life back. He, well, also, without second thought, he just, and he he feels neglected by everyone around him. He has to basically take care of his mother instead of the other way around. He's expected to do everything, and, you know, he doesn't care if the world burns, basically. And throughout the series, we see him go through, like, to increase his powers, he needs to get his emotions in check, and he needs to understand them and accept like the way he feels about things and he needs to be open about that and you just see him transition from a punk to like a like a hard candy with a soft inside like yeah, he's still he, he's tough but he's he's a sweetie yeah and kind, go ahead kind of sort of kind of closer to like how kuwabara like has an influence on him. Totally. And there's there's a real fleshed out humanistic like you really feel for all these characters. Like he a the stuff that happens with Karama when they initially meet him and Karama is sacrificing his soul energy to bring like save his his human mother. And Yusuke jumps in with him and offers his life energy, too. And, like, the the whole series just, like, it, it hits you emotionally in so many different ways. I really love the way that Tagashi fleshes out the characters. And I feel like, as far as, like, power systems, fleshed out characters, uh, Tagashi, he continues to get better in Hunter Hunter too, but I still like Yu Yu Hakusho more than Hunter Hunter. Sorry to say to a lot of modern fans that like their their ride or die for Hunter Hunter. No, no, Yu Yu Hakusho that, that I, jam. I, I have I have tried to get into Hunter Hunter, and just how far did you get? I got to the middle of the video game thing. Oh, you got further than me. Okay. <laughs> I'm still in the process of watching Actually, it. But I just finished York New, and they're about to start the Greed Island arc. Yeah, I, which I, I, I got in the, to the middle of the video that. game thing, and I'm just like, <laughs> at some point, I'm just like, I'm kind of exhausted. I know he gets long, crazy hair at some point, but I don't care. I want to go to bed, leave me alone, Hunter Hunter. Yeah, and he meets his dad and whatnot. Um, yeah, and from what I hear anyway, I think that Tagashi, one of his, like, he's great at writing protagonists, but the antagonists in Yu Yu Hakusho are part of what makes the show just Anime like, Will Smith is gonna kill everybody! <laughs> I, I like, always think of Tagoro as Anime Will Smith. <laughs> something, something about the sunglasses... And the flat top in the 90s is just like, this dude just watching, like, illegal 
like, broadcasting of the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air for, like, nights on end. Yeah, that style got to America, or the United States a little late. I feel <laughs> like that's, like, 1970s Japanese punk. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like all of the um, the pompadours, you know. But uh, Tagoro, I feel like for him to be as good of a villain as he was, you needed that connection between him and Genkai. Yeah. Which the episodes after after Genkai gives Yusuke basically all her life energy, and he's absorbing it in the cave, and she's out there fighting Tagoro and dies. That was insane. I was going crazy watching that. And I cried a couple times during this series. <laughs> I would imagine I, I don't that was one. I, name all of them. <laughs> so, I can be a baby watching stuff, though. So, um, I can too, believe me. I mean, in the test recording, we were talking about Ava. I'm like, I, I refuse to watch that entire show at once because I will just cry for days. Um, but... One of the really interesting and great things that this show does that I don't think I don't think every not just anime, every show that wants to have a big bad and good guy go at each other does really well is it makes these is it sets the stakes in a way where they're believable but aren't solvable in five seconds. But specifically with with Tagoro, it's like that that guy's a monster, and but it's not like you can fix it. It's like you have they, they they box you in, so it feels like you have to do it the way the show is like having Yusuke deal with it. You can't deal with it just like you, like you can't like vulture. Climb up to his room at night and kill him in his sleep. That won't work. They they set it up. They set up really well that the logic dictates this is the way you have to do it. This is the way it gets done. And like, no, that like that that makes no sense. We just turn off his internet and he can't hurt anybody. It's fine <laughs> because I feel like, especially lately, there's a lot of Shows that are like, it's like Hunter Hunter is a great example. Killika, he's like after this one clan who killed off his entire like race and family. Kurapika. Uh, and I, all I think to myself is, dude, you could make spirit chains. Go find them. Why are we taking like? Weird missions where they might show up. You clearly, you clearly know how to get info. Find them and kill them. Done. Right. So, uh, I might have just caused a little audio boom because I dropped my phone. Sorry no, it's about fine. that. <laughs> and FYI for everyone I listening, fuck their ears. I don't. I don't edit this because. I, a, I don't have time. B, the only thing I would edit is myself because I'm usually the dumbass in whatever conversation I'm having. Um, oh, yeah. 
you're talking about Yu Yu Hakusho, and then you just slip a couple racial slurs. I understand, Alex. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> awesome. Nah, you should have heard him before this podcast, man. He was saying so many. He was saying the craziest thing about Jewish people. You know my last name is Jewish, right? <laughs> uh, Alex Jewish. God damn it. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> um, but and now look at him. He's swearing to God. <laughs> so, <laughs> what? What's your least favorite part of you, Hawk Show? Just that curiosity. Mm. See, that's a that's a question that's harder to answer. Okay. Um. I know what everybody else thinks is the lowest part of Yu Yu Hakusho. Okay. And I would have to say everyone would try to tell me it's the Three Kings arc. Um, I think my least favorite part about Yu Yu Hakusho is that it had to end. <laughs> I wish it could have been one of these anime, like, one piece that just never stops. Don't don't uh, wish that on anything. That's a nightmare. Eat your give own. Me more Yu Yu show. By the way, fun fact about One Piece is that Ichiro Oda has that thing planned out in his head. Like there's a point A and a point Z, and he's actually going to get to Z or Z rather, and extent he does have it all planned out but he does he does mess up and forget stuff oh totally I, Every, I mean like, I the, like even Hino Oda has to go back and look at like the one piece wiki and be like okay okay yeah uh, I can't do that actually because I said this earlier <laughs> and sometimes I just don't think he cares um, a mangaka that has really planned their series out from start to finish is Hajime Isayama, who is uh, the illustrator for Attack on Titan. That manga is wild. It's insane the way I, everything is looping back. I can't, I can't read the manga because the art is so bad; it hurts my eyes. The be- at the beginning, the art is definitely bad, and I gotta say the same thing about Yu Yu Hakusho. Is like compared to what he's doing in Hunter Hunter and like more close to around the end of Yu Yu Hakusho. Yeah. The art isn't on the same level. Like okay. it's it's a lot of really dumb like chibi panels and like but all those ridiculous faces you see them doing in the anime sometimes are probably gets, pulled like, from that early stuff. Yeah. They're pulled directly from that. I'm like, sure. Uh, something that's direct from the manga is in the first episode when Yusuke's got those it looks like chopsticks. Oh, he's stuck off. Like, enter- he's entertaining that kid. Yeah. He's doing like a monster dance. That's straight up out of the manga. Like that's what it looked like in the manga. That's why, like the like the character art for that little dance is so bad <laughs> because it's it's the manga art. Okay, <laughs> that's fair. Um, but he's still a good artist. No, no, and and you know, uh, as someone who is trained in animation and cartooning, sometimes you just run out of steam, 
And if you can produce a whole comic book, no one really had the right to criticize you. People will, but they don't. <laughs> but, um... I mean, do you think people complain about one's art? Uh, who does Mob Psycho and One Punch Man? Like, his webcomic art, it's not great. Well, um, actually, the... The same, the same manga as Yu Yu Hakusho went to him and said, I love this, but I hate the way it looks. Let me, like, he, I, he was like, I don't even care if they pay me. Let me help you. Oh, <laughs> the, the guy that uh, draws, like, the good One Punch Man manga? Yes. That's, um... That's the mangaka for iShield 21. Oh, iShield 21, that's right. Who I think yep. I have trained under. Okay, yep. Which is um, something that I think a lot of people listening probably are like, what the heck is that? <laughs> it's about football. You can find it on Crunchy. Yeah. Go look it up and have just the weirdest time. Um, American football. Yes, American football, I should point out. No giant killing bullshit. Like, Actual American pigskin Sunday night Pro Bowl football. Yeah, I feel like if something like that came out now, everyone would love it because you have the explosion of like Kodokono Basket and Haikyuu, and of course, Slam Dunk is in the upper echelon. But that um, is wild to me because it used to be that, like, oh, sports anime, nobody will license it because what, what do nerds want from sports? Fuck if I know. Um, no. It's, and then, I mean, not every anime has to be just shown in to blow up or appeal to people. And I'll admit, a large majority of the anime I've watched are shown in because I'm shown in trash. But that's okay. That's fine. That's okay. See, I just enjoy it. Maybe you should watch Black Clover. Maybe you're the core demographic for Black Clover. <laughs> No, I mean, sometimes just because you take a lot of stuff that I like and you mix it together, that doesn't make it good. That's exactly what Black Clover is. It's all the stuff that you, that, that people, it's like they got people in a room in a folk group, and like, what do you like about Shonen? And like, they all answered, and they put it together in like, a pot, mixed it together, and fed it to everybody, and they're like, no, I hate this. Yeah. What, what, why does this taste this way? Ugh. They take, like, Naruto, and they make him into Asta. Sasuke's Yuno. Um, they got, like, the okay, magic. So it could I, basically be, like, magic. Like, they basically just took from Fairy Tale. They took from Sword Art Online. They took the aesthetic of Bleach, like, the darker color palette. Yeah. But, uh, you know what? I don't think we should talk about Black Clover anymore. <laughs> the last thing I want to say, and then we'll... Get off it. Is the thing that was comparing Yuno to Sasuke is Yuno misses the point of Sasuke. Like, Sasuke is a misguided asshole. Key word there misguided. Yuno is just an asshole. His response to his like, basically brother being beat half to death but, like, showing potential is to be like, no, fuck you. 
for even being close to as good as me. I don't care about you anymore. You might as well die and then turned around and walked off. <laughs> Which, to somebody's credit, I refuse to give this show credit. The entire cast is like, holy shit, that guy's a dirtbag. <laughs> right. And then, so, and then Austin's like, no, it's fine. He loved me. That's, just, that's like, just the way he shows love. God damn it. And then I watched, I am still watching episodes. I will watch the episode that comes out on Sunday. Usually, usually I start my week by watching. <laughs> wow. But, so, your least favorite part of Yu Yu Hakusho is that it ended. I would say... What's yours? It drags... In, like, the middle of the chapter black arc, I feel... I feel the amount of time I've watched that show in a way that I don't feel it at any other point. I don't know why that is, but I just, like, I'm like, oh, oh, that's a lot. And then it, like, brings me back in, and by the, like, so this is, this is very strange. I feel like Yu Yu Hakusho did the spirit detective, did the spirit detective arc, did the, like, Demon Castle Makai Whistle thing. And then it got... Uh, the Saint Beast. The, the Saint Beast arc, which was also excellent. And both of Yeah, them... you got a lot of good comedy bits between Hiei and Kuwabara, because that was really the first time they met. Yeah. And so, like, they did really, really, really... They, like, knocked it... They, like, hit homers, but didn't knock it out of the park. Like, the stuff was great, but it wasn't like, holy shit, this is hitting a peak. And then the, they got uh, to the Dark Tournament, and the Dark Tournament is such an amazing, like, tournament arc. It is kind of like the perfect tournament arc in existence. It's hard to beat it. I mean, like, just everything that happens with Genkai and Tagoro and then uh, Yusuke's struggles... And even, like, just the satisfying badass fights. Like, yeah. when he whips out the Dragon of Darkness flame for the first time, you're just like, oh! Yeah. It, he, there was no trace left of that guy. And, I think was... I don't remember the guy's name. Screw him. He became Ash. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he, he became, a, like, a burnt print on a wall. And yes, he... it and also the great thing about that is like they are underdog, but they are basically underdog because everyone hates them so much because they have just been murdering people. They have two like humans on their team. All the too. time. What? Oh they, they have, have two, two demons on their team. Or two humans rather. But Yeah. So they they hit that they hit that high, and I'm sure they hit that high at the same, in the same way in the manga, and they go into the chapter black arc, and the chapter black arc isn't. It has a command of tension and release of tension, 
and like uh, a really charismatic set of bad guys in a way that is excellent, but it it feels like they're hitting another home run when they just had a knock it out of the park grand slam, like take out like the Empire State Building window from Shea Stadium Grand Slam, and they go back to hitting homers, and you're just like, this is good, but it's not as good. It's different. I feel like they had to, he had to hit the reset button when it came to the Chapter Black arc. Yeah. And instead of, like, big human demon, uh, like, fights, you, it goes back and brings it to human versus human, and it kind of becomes, I don't want to say political, but uh, I don't know. I like I like the antagonists in the it, chapter Black Arc because they're, I mean, besides some of the really fucked up ones like Dr. Kamiya, yeah. uh, they're, they're misguided young people that are developing powers and they were already having a bad life and they're manipulated by this guy who isn't inherently really like evil, but he's had a, just a crazy run at life too with him being a, like since we, the, the main villain being a former spirit detective and how set he was and how black and white he was on anything that's a he, uh, demon deserves to die. And then he runs in to a mansion of like rich people and they're like torturing demons. And he gets a hold of the chapter black tape and uh, completely like morphs him. And he's got some, uh, I, I guess the best way to describe since, since we, is if you've seen the James McAvoy uh, split, that's part of the like. Oh yeah, uh, part of the like trilogy, which yeah. I liked it when I thought it was just you know a single movie. I haven't checked out Glass, but uh, James McAvoy's character in Split, that's basically since we. He's car- he's compartmentalized his uh, trauma. And he's made a way for him to always feel okay and right, being that there's so many different personalities in him. And uh, the kind of struggles you get between, like, uh, that dude that they were calling Seaman, when Kuwabara fights him, and he, he traps him and all of his friends in the water and you see him turn around and kind of come to their side because he realizes he is being controlled. I mean, that's really emotional and impactful and like just completely fleshes out all the characters involved in that story more. And then you got probably one of the, besides the stuff that happens with since we overall as a character, um, Whenever they get there, they're going through the cave on their way to Sensui, and they run into Game Master, who's a little kid. Yep. On on the outside, that episode, it's like, it's real fun because they're playing all these arcade games. But um, the choice that they have to make there at the end, and when that kid realizes that, like, he thought he was just playing games with these guys and he's going to die... 
Like that's how a youthful person should react to knowing they're about to die. Yeah. Not like Yusuke, who is on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. And he is totally cool with just dying. Yeah. And uh so well, look- I, I like the human versus human conflicts that we get out of the chapter black arc. And then you get the three kings arc after, and it just goes back to big demon versus demon, giant spirit blasts and all yeah, the good and, shit and, you and, see from Shonen. And so this is this is I would say that my least favorite part of Yu Hawk show after the Dark Tournament because the Dark Tournament like the end of the Dark Tournament has a night like ties a nice bow on like the big bat of Tagoro. At that they do a good job of not presenting of not presenting one arc before another arc finishes. So it can feel like if the show stopped after the um, what's it called? After the dark tournament, it would have been fine. That's why I said like they kind of hit the reset button. Yeah, it ended and, at the dark tournament. It could have ended it sensually. It and it could have ended it sensually. And the thing, if it had ended it sensually, what would have been nice is that's a story about look, Koenma fucked up bad. He picked the wrong person to be spirit detective the first time. Yeah, and that and, made a supervillain. <laughs> and it's not even really that he picked the wrong person. I feel like he, because of his personality, how he was so black and white. Yeah. He, he was traumatized by like all of the violence that he was involved with. Yeah. And he kind of just came into the wrong situation at the wrong time seeing all those demons being like tortured and like basically made a spectacle for those rich people because it made him see okay maybe sometimes demons aren't the bad guys and it's the humans that are really evil and then he jumps from one extreme to another because that's his personality yeah because of that I definitively will have to say that Sensui is my favorite antagonist in Yu Yu Hakusho, just because like how fleshed out he is. Really, I, I, I would say my favorite antagonist is um Tagoro because Tagoro, it's just he's just a good bad guy. I like that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I love so, older Tagoro. <laughs> this the thing I wish that happened is and the reason why I wish Yu Hakusho went on for at least a little longer is and this is start this happened awesomely in um what's it called? In Naruto and probably would have saved Bleach's ass if Bleach let it happen more earlier on. And that is Tagoro's at Tagoro and um the business guys like arrangement Sakio and Sakio's arrangement let you see more of like how fucked up the criminal underworld is once it gets involved with the demon world 
and it gives you a lot of world building. Like when they go rescue Yukina for the first time, they they like oh yeah that I mean, whole thing that was intense. Is just like hey, we want to take a second and do some world building so we don't have to explain this once we deal with the dark tournament. It also serves to introduce Tagoro and it serves the story purpose. It's not just like a slight filler area. There isn't really any of that in Yu Hawk show because what they do is they use what would be filler in another show, even a show like My Hero Academia, and they use it to make connective tissue from one arc to another. So it doesn't feel like, oh, we're done with Gankot, with learning the spirit wave, we're moving on to the next thing. It feels like there's space to breathe, and they like naturally flow into the next arc. Yeah, Yu Yu Hakusho does flow really nice, and I just remembered what I think might be my least favorite part, but I understand why it was necessary for the story to continue was yeah. Genkai's death was so impactful, it kind of undermines it to just bring her back to life for the next uh, arc. Yeah, that's, that, that makes sense. I mean, similar with you brought up Naruto, like when Mike Guy did his eight gates and he went in on Madara, that was amazing. That was his blaze of glory. You had the whole backstory with his father sacrificing his life to try and fight the Seven Swordsmen of the Mist and lose his life. You had the flashback. You had the whole setup for Guy to go out in a blaze of glory. And then Naruto swings by with some new bullshit powers he just got <laughs> and brings Mar- back. Naruto just shows up on his bullshit and like does oh, jazz hands and things die. Here's an eye. Oh, guy, uh, you wanted to go out in a blaze of glory and you've always like your kind of thing is like youth and like your strength. How about I keep you alive and you have to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life? Yeah. (laughs) Like, that was a big mess up. And you and Kakashi are like a weird married couple at a spa for a while. Um, Yeah, I just, I didn't like that, but, but, so (laughs) For as much as I don't like watching Black Clover, I have a weird affection for Boruto in the moments when the, like, young children of the Boruto cast encounter anybody who's, like, hardened and fucked up from the Naruto cast. Like, there's a whole episode devoted to they have to do the, like, take the bells game from Kakashi, and they all have a moment like, oh, we are in way over our heads. This is never going to happen. I'm not even sure our dad did it. We are... I like seeing stuff like that, but that's it's like a majority of the Boruto anime is just filler. Yeah. Like it if it was a if it was adopting the manga material, it could potentially be very great. And also But they're not doing that. There's something deeply beautiful about a manga that is named after a main character like Boruto 
And then for first major arc, it's like, what if we just left him at home? What if we just didn't even have him in the show for like a whole arc? And we're just like, hey, let's go find out if your dad is your dad. Japanese word for salad because the re- the world's awful now. Let's go. I saw like the initial translations of the chapters as they were coming out. Yeah. And from what I understood, Naruto's son's name was going to be Bolt, which yeah. made sense because his father was the Yellow Flash. Like he had kind of the teleportation thing. So it totally made sense, but the spelling of it, of that English word into Japanese, looks like Naruto. Yep. So I'm really surprised that, like, the English dub and everyone is pronouncing it Boruto. Because I think it's supposed to just be Bolt. I think that's what Kishimoto intended. But, you know, whatever. Here's a very important thing. Very important thing that that makes... A lot of Boruto make a lot more sense. Kishimoto is not making that manga. He is. I know, it's uh, he's kind of overseeing it a little he, bit, he but is. it's one of his editors <laughs> from Naruto. When when they Similar had to super manga, they they um uh, they approached him and they said, "Hey, we like we want you to do a follow up to Naruto," and he gave a very polite version of. No, fuck you. I've given you enough of my life. But my assistant yeah, can do it. See his schedule? What? They released his uh his work schedule from yeah. uh, the whole Naruto career. It was bad. It's all bad. Yeah. All of it. They mistreat people horribly. Oh god, what um But we get you. such good Thank you good Dr. Osamu Tezuka. You fucking Psycho. Um, if you, uh, by the way, if anybody listening wants to know, like, what kind of manga schedules we're talking about, the book called I think, like, Fifty Years of Tezuka, it comes with a DVD documentary about Tezuka in which he had like ninety assistants, not because he needed them, but because he needed people to hold the paper. As he walked to his next meeting, so he could ink his own pages. That's how much that man worked, all the time. Yeah, they do some. So like ma- the like rigorous, insane schedule of anime and manga is his fault because like he set the bar in like the fifties and it just never moved ever. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. Is he the guy that did Astro Boy and yes. Dororo? Yep, he's the okay. guy that did Astro Boy, Dororo. He also did a version of Metropolis, which is based off of... Because he, he wanted to do a Metropolis manga, but he didn't actually go see the movie Metropolis from the, like, the 20s or something. So that whole story... It's based off the poster for the movie. Hey, man, it works. I ain't even. I didn't even know that there was like a Metropolis movie from the twenties or thirties so, or whatever. The Metropolis movies from the twenties or the thirties. A the silent about movie. The anime. What? What's up? I said I know about the anime movie. 
the, I remember seeing that. Yeah, the original is a silent movie that is identical in a lot of ways, but also very different. Well, yeah, he just looked at the post. Yeah, <laughs> but like <laughs> when you see the original movie, if you ever do, you'll be like, "Whoa." You've read a lot of right things from that poster, actually. <laughs> but, um, so Kishimoto is an advisor to that, but he does not work on that at all. Like, he sees the pages, rubber stamps them, and just, just like, goes back to living the life he has earned. <laughs> Yeah, he's also overseeing another manga that just started. Um, I think they're about twenty-two chapters in. Is that the is that the Samurai Eight thing? Yes. Yes. I've, I've gotten think... about three or four chapters into it. Um, it's very interesting. The manga isn't selling very well, which is disappointing. But well, I, I, I think... think there's some good content there. No, totally. I, I've I've read maybe I think I've read maybe the same amount of it. They changed this is very nerdy and deep into it, but anybody listening to this clearly that's what they're here for. Um they changed the Shonen Jump manga app so it no longer serves you like a whole book or, or the mag it no longer serves you a magazine. It serves you this vault of, like, endless amounts of manga. So, like, where normally something like Chainsaw Man would be in a magazine, and it would just, like, people be like, this is fucking weird, why is this here? And vote it down until it dies? No! I'm telling you that's what would happen to that. People would be like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) But because... It exists just as another chapter of something that people can read. People like you and me are like, this is weird and good and yes, more please. But that you also can't... means... Uh, Alright, so we're supposed to be talking about Yu Yu Hakusho, yeah. but I could go on about Chainsaw Man I know for a you long can. Time. I know you make videos about it all the time. <laughs> but... I'm keeping up with it. I'm, I'm gonna keep up with it. Like, eventually... I'm a few behind. Just... I'm a few behind, honestly. But stuff like the Samurai 8 thing, which would normally be like doorbuster awesomeness, now just sit there next to everything else. They, they don't... You can't just put a beget, like a start page that says, hey, Kishimoto's doing this thing, and now people know, and then it's in the magazine every week. Now, at least for us, in not Japan, the way you see it is next to everything else. So, yeah. like, it, if it's next to Chainsaw Man, Chainsaw Man wins every time. I can't and, believe and, that Chainsaw Man is a Shonen Jump series. <laughs> have you, um, <laughs> what's that, that show about the show about Shonen Jump manga artists, like the beginning of two Shonen Jump manga artists. I forget what it's called. No. It was written Since by the guy. Since talking about Chainsaw Man, I thought you were going to ask if I've been watching No Guns Life. Because the dude has a gun for a head. Yeah, I've been watching that. 
mainly because I'm liking. I I love that thing. I read the whole first volume of the manga actually. Okay, Um, I've just been watching it and I've been enjoying. It's it's you you don't need the arc that they're on now, is the volume of the manga. I don't know if there's any more manga after that. But they're clearly going to do more story than than is in that first volume. Yeah. Um. But it's it's beat for beat, so you really don't need to read it. But so let's steer it back to what this show's about again. Back on track. Um. So at this point, we've been running for about an hour and a half. So at this point, I wanted to ask, what are your Final thoughts on like you Hawk show. What what would you be your pitch to somebody else if they're like, should I watch it? And you're like, well, if you like this, this, and this, then yes. If you like this, this, and this, then also yes. Oh, I don't know if there's much I'd want to compare it to to try and convince someone that they should watch it because I feel like it's truly unique as a show, you can't really chalk it up to just, like, your regular shonen bullcrap. And my overall thoughts on the series is, like, it's a classic for me, definitely. I know it might not be everyone's thing, but, I mean, even though you might not be able to make much sense of it, even the way they end the show off on the beach and the little title card comes up that says forever for never that like, it just like makes my heart swell. I'm like, Oh my God, it's over. Um, it's, and I don't know if I got the chance to say it for the recording. I know I said it before we set it up Yeah, was the OST and Yu Yu Hakusho is so on the nose. Yeah, like, I, I, I'm, I'm doing, it enhances everything about the show. I I have been known to pick shows for this podcast exclusively because they have really good music. Or interesting character designs, which Yu Yu Hakusho has. It w- or even, or even interesting character like, designs. Down to the colors that the main characters are wearing and their hairstyles. It all goes together so well. The chemistry between, like, just how they look visually in a in a like a a scene together. What so? What the thing I love about Yu Hakusho's character designs is it's so clear that like the world around them is informed by their character design, not the other way around. So like, Yusuke's green middle school uniform. Is the thing every other boy in his school wears, but, but he is... looks good in it. <laughs> All the other boys look like they're wearing a school uniform. He's like, they're well, in it. They have a dark blue uniform, and he wears a green one. And Kuwabara has a light blue one. Well, and another thing I love about the character designs is you look at them, and you basically can understand like what a lot of their kind of character is based around just yeah. by the way they look but they're much deeper than that even the side characters are fleshed out well and i gotta say as far as like 
a lot of studio uh, Piero shows go top notch for them. They have a lot of clunky, stiff animation, yeah. but they're doing great back then. They give shit like they give shit like a season, <laughs> and then it just like gets really bad. <laughs> like, hey, hey, Boruto looked great for like the first season, and then maybe. <laughs> and for what they had to work with, as far as animation goes, from 1992 to 1995. The animation's great, and the guest animators they bring in for some of the fights and some of the scenes, like when uh, my favorite example is either the Dr. Kamiya fight when he's in the hospital and Yusuke's like brawling with him. Yeah. Or um, when Yusuke is in the cave trying to absorb Genkai's life energy. Okay, so my favorite, my favorite cut or and certainly my most memorable cut of animation in this show is also the weirdest one. It's the one where it all goes super flat after they oh, it's like monster ex- dance, right? They're like accepting that Genkai died, and they're all like fucked up, and they're like super depressed, and all of a sudden the animation gets real weird and depressed, and just that makes it all hit home and yes they like, after the dark tournament like when they have time to process like yeah wait, okay yeah she's gone and like it like all the animation is slightly fucked because they're all slightly fucked and they're like oh, let's go home this is gonna suck and they just like leave and then i think in that episode they bring Genkai like you see Genkai in the spirit world. And Kuma is like, look, I'm not letting you die. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a lot more impactful if she did stay dead. But I understand to like introduce the psychics that would become their allies. Genkai had to be there to be their teacher to show them like what's yeah. going on with their bodies. But like... I don't know. I just, I would have loved to see how Yusuke navigated trying to continue to live life and grow in power without Genkai there to guide him. No, totally. Um, so what I, the way I would describe the show is if you liked My Hero Academia's tournament section, the way they handled that tournament section, and you wanted to see where it was like kind of perfected from, and you also liked the witty banter of Cowboy Bebop, you should probably watch Yu Haka Show. I'd say the the way the character the main cast have chemistry is kind of similar to like the way that you just kind of get transfixed on Mugen, Jean, and Fu from Samurai Champu. Yeah, that makes just sense. Their interaction, that's that's mostly what makes the show great for me is the whole aesthetic of it. Yeah. And Yu Yu Hakusho has a similar thing going on. Um. So on that note, I think this is a good place to leave it. Do you have any other thoughts? Um. 
pimp your YouTube channel, please. More people should watch it than are watching it. Um, well, I just start recently. I don't expect there to be like a jump. And also, I'm not talking about like Sword Art Online's new season. I'm talking about manga. I have a lot of respect for people who don't do that, for the record. The the manga that I'm talking about right now just don't have the audience in the West to gain that much traction. But the people that are there for that content are really there for it. No, totally. Like, uh, Kingdom is one of the biggest manga in Japan, but it just doesn't have a Western market. That makes sense. But I I love Kingdom. I got to talk about it. And Chainsaw Man, I just kind of jumped into out of nowhere. I was really planning on like doing constant One Piece content. But there's other YouTubers that cover One Piece, like Rogers Base and Teching 101, that I feel like they do a better job than I ever could. So why should I even throw my hat on the table? Well, I mean, like, that, that, that that's not true. I mean, so... Well, everybody, like, they're also not there for the, like, One Piece. They're there for the personality of the person presenting it. Yeah, totally. Um, give you an example why that's not true. I, uh, I regularly cover the same stuff that Bennett the Sage always covers. I don't know if you've ever watched him on YouTube. Nope. He's excellent. And, like, every once in a while I'll tweet him, like... You did way better on your review of like I think we talked we talked about Gundam Wing Endless Walls like the week of Christmas the same year. He's <laughs> like that's not true. You're probably fine. You probably said stuff I didn't even think of, and that's really true. So like yeah, people go for celebrity quote unquote or personality. But you always have something to offer. I mean, that like I said, lots of times, I'm talking about stuff that is everybody else is talking about too. Case in point, yeah, my most popular uh, episode is My Hero Academia. Well, My Hero Academia is like in the Western market; it's the biggest by far. Oh yeah, absolutely. Until episode 19 of Demon Slayer came around. I don't know why it took people that long to just get blown away by Demon Slayer, but whatever it takes. The the thing about... I think I have an answer to that, is Demon Slayer... Demon Slayer feels like the the formula under it. Like, running under it constantly. And... Its excellence is mostly technical, so you yeah. need something. I mean, the beauty of Demon Slayer is in the simplicity. Yeah, totally. In the characters. Uh, um, my hero, I love it, but seeing like how crazy everyone else goes about it kind of makes me want to not care about it as much. <laughs> I get that. I totally get that. Like, Also... <laughs> And we talked about this in the um, intro, like, test recording thing. But lots of times people take the wrong... Fans of giant shows like that 
take the wrong thing from the show. Like, the point of Rey and Asuka and Ava is like, these are stereotypes that people always worship. We're going to put them on screen and show how fucked up that is. And people are still like, but what if we put them on a body pillow? Yeah. And like, I look at characters in My Hero, I'm like, I I know you're going to sell body pillows of the crazy vampire asshole girl. And people are going to be like, waifu bait. And that's not the point of that character. Yeah. Um, and, like, I just look at it, I'm like, I, that's, that's gonna happen in that show, because it's, it, it is too popular. It is too popular for that not to happen to it. Um, It'll drop. Attack on Titan had the same explosion. Yeah. Uh, I'd say maybe My Hero Academia's eclipsed Attack on Titan's explosion. Well, totally, because, and the thing that My Hero Academia realizes, that One Punch didn't realize, and One Punch fucked itself with the second season anyway. Um and I, Attack on I don't know. I I like I like the continuation of the story. I love the characters. I think everything about One Punch Man season two is better than season one, except for the animation. That's where it falls short. But you have to stare at Genos's arms like every other scene and your eyes Yeah, it looks like I made it on to me. <laughs> It looks like I made it on MS Paint when I was 12. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what the uh, fuck? Yeah. And I used to animate stuff. I, I used MS Paint and Windows Movie Maker to make, like, videos on not, YouTube in 2006. That's super not uncommon, actually. Yeah. Well, I didn't... I was only like 12, so I wasn't into like downloading all the Flash programs and putting my stuff on Newgrounds, which I wanted to do. And also, professional animation involves a thing called, hilariously enough, a lunchbox, which is, you know those old um, lunch pails, metal lunch pails with like stuff on them? Yeah. There used to be this animator tool called a lunchbox that looks like that, complete with the handle. But had a little screen on the side of it and it had a video out. And you used to be able to take shots to that screen would record still frames, still animation frames, and then play them back without having to put it directly to tape. And then you could wipe it. This thing was like a thousand dollars in its heyday, it was a lot of money. But that was how animators used to test their animation cuts. Yeah. Why I need to podcast that. Because I'm a giant nerd who's old. Um, <laughs> but on that I note... I think I was fine with MS Paint. <laughs> no, and, and that's the other thing. is like, even in a heyday, there was other easier ways to do that shit. <laughs> like, I have a YouTube channel from 2006 that's still out there. That I'm not gonna share because it's super embarrassing. Yeah. But it's got a lot of my uh, Microsoft Paint animations and um, like all my original characters that basically just look like knockoff Naruto characters. That's and fair. Uh, I have AMVs on there too. I may I, or may not have watched entirely too much Record of Lotus War. 
and like made some char- made a lot of characters who look like they're knockoff record of Lo- record of Lotus War characters. Who's to say? It's all in a sketchbook behind my chair. It happens. No one has to see that. Nothing but Yu Yu is great. I hope you put the English version of Smile Bomb in the first ending. Oh, that that that's happening. That is that because is like the goal. If for anyone that's a fan of the show, it's like just hearing that, like the visuals come to your head, and you just get all the nostalgia. And the shows, it's a severe nostalgia trip, even for someone who's only watched it like two or three years ago, maybe you still just get that feeling of like, this is a classic. And that's why I highly recommend if for some reason you listen to this whole fucking episode and you don't know what Yu Yu Hakusho is, <laughs> go watch it. If you haven't, ugh. oh God, that was terrible. I swallowed and I wasn't trying to. Oh man, that felt intrusive. <laughs> well, that's that's a sign to stop. I've ever heard it. My throat was like, "All right, we gotta, we're shutting it down." So, but uh, so the show, it's amazing. If you managed to listen this far into it, and we haven't somehow just spoiled the whole thing for you. Listen, just watch it. Watch it. Yes, it's totally. Great. Um, so it's worth it. I have been Alex here with Slate Diggs. Slate D Biggs. Slate D Biggs. Yeah, it. I mean, my real middle name has starts with a D, and I love One Piece. Oh, that. Yeah, that's very <laughs> lucky. Um, Slate D Biggs. Um. Here for Lunchbox Radio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can check it out wherever you get your podcast. You can give me a five star rating that helps the show. But Do until it. next time, I'm Alex and I'll talk to you later. Time to throw them in.